Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Carl Valeri, and today we're going to talk about what it's like to commute to work. You know, whether you're a pilot, a flight attendant, mechanic, or any other person involved in the airline business, we're going to discuss what it's like to commute and also what commuting really is. So we're going to define those terms and we're going to give you some really good examples. I've had over two decades of actually commuting with the airlines, another decade commuting uh, outside the airlines. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, By the way, if you have any questions about this podcast or any other shows we've done, it's aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact or use email feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, a big shout out to our sponsors at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash pay it forward. Just click on the pay it forward uh, up in the top right of the screen and you'll see where how you can help other people get those scholarships guides. Every dollar that we raise goes towards giving away a scholarships guide. And if you want to actually be a sponsor of the show and advertise on the show, we just ask you to give away 50 scholarships guides and we promote your product or service until we give away all those scholarships guides in your name. Anyway, go check it out. If you want one of those free scholarships guides, go to aviationcurspodcast.com slash scholarships and use a coupon code, pay it forward. So let's move on to the show. First of all, let's talk about commuting as we define it within the aviation community. I know a lot of people commute to work, they get in their car, they drive to work in a normal nine to five job. But but when we define commuting, we're talking about the ability to fly from your home city to your actual work city. So for instance, uh, I live in Lakeland, Florida. There's no direct flights out of here. So I have to drive to either Tampa or to Orlando to then fly to actually the city that I work in. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about some of those examples in the future. But first of all, we're talking pros and cons of of commuting. I wanna give both the pros and the cons, you know, why do people commute? Let's start there with the positives. First of all, you get to live in paradise. You know, I've always throughout my career lived in a coastal community or in an island, primarily on islands, where I've had to actually take a bridge or a ferry to get over to the mainland and then commute to work. So that's one of the most wonderful things is to actually live in paradise. By the way, you can live in paradise and also live in base. There's a couple of those out there too. I mean, think about this, Tampa uh, is a a base for some airlines and you can actually live on the coast or on an island and just drive to work. It's pretty cool. But that's a big part, living in paradise. You know, I've actually been on, on islands where, you know, most people would think are vacation spots and that's my home. So that's a really cool thing. So another benefit to commuting, one of the pros, is that you can live near family. You know, you don't have to move. You know, the airlines provide free travel benefits on many different airlines. I think uh, last time I counted, it was about 130 airlines I can travel on uh, for free with the airline I work for right now using jump seat privileges. And that's as a crew member. It's also as a mechanic, a flight attendant, a uh, somebody who's you know, out there working in management. So a lot of times a chief pilot, et cetera, can do that. But this enables you to stay where you are and then go to the airport, fly to where you actually work. So that's a benefit. That's one of the pros. And actually is one of the big reasons people stay where they are is because they want to be around family. Uh, So another really big reason you hear about people commuting, and this is what I hear mostly, is a lot of times people will want to move, but then they see the base where they're moved to. I'll give you an example, New York. New York is a really expensive base. And if you live in a part of the country where say you have a big house on a golf course and then you move to New York City, you may wind up in a one or two bedroom apartment compared to this big house that you have on the golf course. So it allows you to live a better lifestyle 
than you could afford if you lived in the base that you work. So that's a big pro right there. It's your lifestyle. You get to keep that lifestyle. And then the fourth big pro to commuting is you don't have to move. You're there. You don't have to go anywhere. Uh, for the rest of your career, you can stay where you are. And that's a huge benefit. And you know, I know people have done it for their whole career. I've spent my career on and off commuting. And we'll get to some examples of the commutes that I've had because I've had just about every uh, commute you can imagine. Uh, I am going to give an example of one that I didn't do that uh, will help you understand uh, what a really long transoceanic type of commute is. So those are the pros of commuting. You know, you get to live in paradise. You can live near family. Uh, you can live a better lifestyle than actually working in the city where you work. Uh, you can also uh, just stay put. You don't have to move. So those are the big pros. Let's talk about the cons of commuting. What are the, what are the downsides to commuting? Well, one of the big ones, and this is the biggest one for me personally, is you lose much of your time commuting. So much of my time off, I'm doing this. I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing career coaching, uh, career counseling, helping people with resumes and getting ready for interviews. Uh, I don't have as much time to do that now because it can take me 12 to 24 hours just to get to work. And, uh, and, that, and I'll explain why that is in a minute here. Uh, but that's you lose a ton of time through commuting. And I guess I could give you an example real quickly. Say I have to be at work at 5 a.m., and I work in Newark right now, and I would have to therefore get up or go up the night before because there's no flights that actually arrive at five in the morning. If there were, that'd be great. Uh, so that's a, that's a downside. So I actually have to go in the day before. So that's a lot of times 12 or more hours before my flight. The other thing too is that you miss work because you can't make it in. That's a, that's a big negative. Uh, if you're trying as hard as you can to make sure that you make it to your job so you don't have any marks on your history, uh, you run the risk of not making it to work. Say you are commuting from Orlando to Newark and your flight cancels and that's the only flight you gave yourself. Well, you're going to miss your commute. They call it a missed trip. Uh, that goes on your record. Uh, when you actually want to interview with another airline in the future or you want to interview, say, for a job within the airline, within management, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, What's your attendance record like? And that actually is a big negative on your attendance record. So miss your commute, you can't make it, you know, that'll go against you. Also, the other thing too, is when you miss work, especially with, with a commute, depending on how your, yours is defined within your contract, you may lose pay. That's another big thing. You'll lose pay by missing work. Uh, so you can't use your PTO for that a lot of times. The other big thing about, a big con about commuting to work is the loss of sleep because you're commuting instead of sleeping. Now think about that. What I just talked about with the 5 a.m. show, say you decide to fly uh, up to, um, let's use my example, I'm flying say from Tampa to Newark and the flight leaves at 8 p.m., uh, gets me in at midnight and I have to be at work at five in the morning. Well, by the time I say get to the crash pad or my apartment or whatever, um, I may only get about three, four hours of sleep and then I can potentially work the next day, especially if I'm on reserve, up to 18 hours, 16 hours. That's a lot of work. Uh, so you got to remind yourself that you need to be fresh, especially when you're going to work, because you may have to deal with weather, emergencies, other contingencies when you get to work, delays, etc. So that's something that you really have to be careful about is getting sleep. So losing sleep because of commuting is a big con. The other part is that we talk about a lot lately, you know, right now it's the summer of 2023 is commuting early because of weather. 
Uh, I'm actually, honestly, I'm sitting in a, a, a hurricane, the bands of a hurricane right now. And uh, this is passing through right now. And one of the things that's an issue is the airport over here, over there is over towards the west, is Tampa is closed right now. So if I want to go to work, I'm going to have a tough time going to work. I'm, I'm off for a week, so that's not bad. But say I had to get to work tomorrow, I'm going to miss the commute out of Tampa. I'm going to have to go over to Orlando. Well, what if some of those flights are delayed or canceled? It's going to be a real tough time to get to uh, work. So therefore, you know, if you have you know bad weather, you're going to have to make other plans. And sometimes uh, those other plans are at the last minute. Say they suddenly close an airport. This happened to a friend of mine the other day. The weather was real bad. They closed the airport all of a sudden. And so had to leave and try to get back some other way or get to work, I should say. So again, with bad weather, you must go up possibly earlier because of the weather. If you're driving to work, you just drive to work. Or if the airport's closed, you can't get to work, they probably cancel the plane anyway. So, so there's less risk of you missing work that way. And also, you don't have to go up earlier. Another thing, too, I think a lot of people don't think about is the cost of commuting because of the fact that you'll need a crash pad, a hotel, an apartment, that type of thing. Uh, in my instance, uh, I've been a lot of different bases. I've done many different things as far as costs are concerned. Uh, when I was based in Utah, Salt Lake City, I had a car and I rented a room and a house. I didn't go to a crash pad. So that was actually great. I love doing that. I like renting rooms and houses because, first of all, when you rent a room and a house with somebody who's not in the airline industry, they feel sorry for you when you get up at 3 in the morning. If you're in a crash pad... Yeah, they're just going to tell you to suck it up, you know. So it's kind of it is kind of nice to to be with a, a regular family or in a house, renting a room in a house. But but to that point, that was my my crash pad. I had a cost of a car and a cost of a of a place to stay, and that was in another city, not at home. So there's an added expense, gas, maintenance, etc. Maybe I I I started a gym membership there. Those are the kind of things that that'll cost you more by living in two different places. Uh, so think about that. So crash pads, uh, you're in a room with a bunch of other people. Uh, you're renting a crash pad there. Maybe you're a hotel type of person. That's actually one of the things I started doing because yeah, I really wasn't using the crash pad much. So so as I got more senior and got better trips, maybe once, twice a month, I was actually using a hotel. That wasn't a big deal. And uh, also for my case in Newark, I have an actual apartment there. Uh, it's in my family, in my brother's house, but I have a car I have clothes, I have you know a bed, apartment, all those things that come in uh, to an apartment. So therefore, there's some costs involved there, which, by the way, is kind of cool because if you are commuting to a city where you have family, you can actually go hang out with the family. Uh, the downside to that, by the way, just as an aside, is the problem is you go out to eat and uh, it hasn't helped me as far as losing weight, I'm just saying. The other part that's a, that's a, a con to uh, commuting is that the time away from home. That's the biggest thing that I hear time away from home. I mean, you're obviously, if you're having to commute up uh, a day before, you're away from home for a long time. Oh, and let me give you an example of uh, a recent thing that happened to me. I was gone for uh, 10 days, uh, actually no, 11 days, 11 days, because I had to commute up the day before. I did a five-day trip, had a day off, then I had to do a four-day trip, and then get back to the following day early in the morning. So I was like, uh, it was just, it wasn't great. I mean, let's put it that way. I was away from home and, you know, I kind of wanted to be home, that type of thing. So that was the downside to that. Um, but it might be a good thing. You get to hang out in a new city if that's something you're, you're looking towards. You know, as a single person, I think it's different than when you have a family also, uh, especially certain jobs in the aviation industry. And we can talk about that later where you're gone for 20 days at a time. 
uh, that's a lot of time away from home. You're single, it doesn't matter as much. If you have a family, kids, etc., big difference. So time away from home is another con. Uh, the other thing too, and I talked about this before, is you might have to make uh, last minute plans. Uh, you make alternate plans right at the last minute. Say a good example, even if you're trying to get to the airport by car, I've had it where I was in New Jersey and I was trying to commute to work and there was flooding going on in one of the rivers. So I had to drive way far out of the way to get to the airport and, uh, and then I had to commute. Uh, and that actually was a big challenge uh, because of the fact that uh, I had to go like a half hour out of my way just to get there. So just think about that also uh, as far as the flying is concerned because we're talking you know strict commuting by air. Uh, a lot of times you have a mechanical, uh, nothing to do with the weather. You have a plane that just breaks and they can't fly it. You got to make alternate plans. So you have to jump in the, the car, uh, go to another airport, find another airline. Uh, maybe you need to get there in a different route. And just remember this. Sometimes the shortest distance to work may not be a straight line. What does that mean? Well, a good example is say you're going from where I am in Lakeland, Florida, and you want to get to New York, JFK. And there's something, some event was happening. And the only way you get to work is to go through Indianapolis because you're able to commute, say, on a, on a cargo carrier, go to Indianapolis, then go over to New York. Well, obviously, that's not a straight line. But it's the only way you can get to work. It could be because of the timing. The only flight out, it's a cargo. You know, I actually have FedExed myself home a few times. <laughs> and uh, and I, I, I kid, but it's true. I mean, uh, it's great. I mean, you have the ability to get on a cargo airline, go to their store facility, and then get back to the city that you live in. Again, the only downside to that, you lose a little bit of sleep. So let's talk um, about the, these different, other than the cons, you, know, you lose time commuting. Uh, you miss work because you can't get there. There's less sleep because you are commuting. And you may have to leave work early due to weather. Uh, you have costs, including crash pad, hotel, and apartment. Time away from home, that's another one. Uh, and sometimes you need to make alternate plans at the last minute. And then remember, the shortest distance to work may not be a straight line. So it might take you a little bit longer than you think. So let's go into some examples of commuting just to give you a feel of what it's like to commute. Uh, I'm going to use some examples that, that I've had in the past. I, I don't like to talk about myself on this show, but I, I think I've been through a lot of the different commutes. So let me kind of give you some examples and then one that's uh, one that I have a friend that's done. Uh, so, for instance, I was living in College Station, Texas, working in Salt Lake City, Utah. Now, there is no flights between College Station and Salt Lake City, Utah. So I had to go through another city. Well, to go from College Station, I would get in a plane and then go, say, to Dallas or I'd go to Houston and then I would connect to another flight and then make it to Salt Lake City. Tell you what, I've slept in the airport numerous times. Uh, I've kind of got good at propping my bag up underneath my feet and laying back in a chair so that I can actually sleep overnight in the terminal. Because sometimes I get to the terminal, 11 o'clock at night, didn't quite make it. Uh, going through Dallas, sometimes I would take a, a carry that made many different stops. And I've gotten stuck in another city far away. Like I, was, I think it was Phoenix I got stuck in. Well... There you go. I mean, now I have to sleep in the airport, uh, find some corner to crawl up into. Uh, I hate to say this, but you almost are like like a homeless person. You have to learn where to go, where to take showers, uh, how to find places to take a nap, those kind of things, where to find food at very odd times of the night. Uh, so going back to my college station, Salt Lake City, what I wound up doing is because connecting can be a pain. It could take me a day to get to work. I decide I'll get in my car, drive two hours to Austin, and do a direct flight up to Salt Lake City. So how, how tough could that be? Uh, five, six hours in my commute, that's about how long it takes me to get there, but also I, want, I need to park my car. So at that airport, 
the people that actually were running the airport said, I didn't work for an airline that was based there. Well, it was crazy because the airline I worked for had a plane sitting out there. Uh, because I worked for a regional carrier, they only recognized the major carrier as being based there. And we had all the flights for that major carrier to Salt Lake City. So this is what happens. You have to kind of explain these situations to people. Eventually, I got parking. But but just think about that. It's like, wow, this is a conundrum. Now i got to figure out how to explain to these people that, yeah, we are based here and we do fly here. Finally, was able to get uh, parking, and uh, meaning employee parking, and I was able to commute to work. Let's talk a little bit about that, employee parking, uh, both in Salt Lake City and in College Station and also in Austin. I was able to get employee parking. Uh, well, I had to pay extra for that. And, and also, I had to switch because you can only, you're only allowed to have one, one or the other, right? You can only have employee parking at certain places. Uh, some places do what's called a non-base crew member employee parking where you get a really reduced price. So make sure if you are going to commute, you go out there and you start asking about non-base crew member. Do you give a, a uniform crew member? Do you give a discount there? Currently, that's what I do. I park in a parking lot that if I'm in uniform, they give me a 50% discount on parking, and the parking actually is pretty reasonable. But normally, a lot of times on a long trip, I'll spend $30 to $60, say, for parking. Uh, if I'm flying out of uh, my base in Orlando and I park in the employee lot there, I'm paying zero. Uh, say I want covered parking, I'm going to have to pay more for that. So just remember that. So again, Salt Lake City to College Station had parking on both ends. Luckily, I had free parking on one side. The other side at, at in Austin was like $14 a month. Not bad. So that would take about six hours. Sometimes it would take a day. Uh, when I was doing the two-legged commute, it took a lot longer. So just remember that sometimes you have to think outside the box. Maybe you have to drive a while and then take a flight. Let's talk about another one of my commutes. And this commute was actually prior to me actually getting hired by the airlines. Uh, full-time, but it was a commute that I was doing. But uh, a lot of guys are doing the same commute, airline pilots, so I was flying with those airline pilots. And that's when I was actually in uh, a little place called Green Turtle Key I was commuting to. And I was commuting there uh, from Newark. And back when I was commuting, there was this uh, airline, it was called Kiwi Airlines, if some of you might remember that or have heard of it. A lot of people uh, from the old Eastern Airlines went and uh, invested in this and started this Kiwi Airlines. Uh, so what I did is I bought a ticket booklet of 10 flights in advance for like $1,000 so that I could actually get a guaranteed flight to Florida. And then I'd have to take another flight over to a, a little airport called Treasure Key Airport. And then I'd have to get on a ferry. And from that ferry, uh, excuse me, I'd have to get onto a taxi to get to the ferry dock. And then from the ferry dock, I would take it over to the island. And then I was done. So that actually winds up being a three or four leg commute. Uh, because of the fact that you're living in paradise. That is the bonus. Remember I talked about living in paradise? So when I was actually in Green Turtle Key, I would get on the ferry, get over to the mainland, take a taxi over to the airport, get on an airplane, and I would try to get to the mainland, and then from the mainland go up to, in the U.S., and then go up to Newark. Sometimes I could get a flight down to Nassau and then go to Newark. So just think about that. I'm going from a going a ferry, a taxi, a plane to another plane, and then I'm there. So that's what happens when you live in paradise. Uh, you know, also uh, another example I used before uh, is a little bit easier than where I am in Lakeland. There's two cities. I'm in the, between two big cities. One's 40 miles away, one's 60 miles away. Tampa's 40, and then MCO or Orlando is 60 miles away. Out of those, I can go almost anywhere in the world. I mean, it's just phenomenal. 
So that's actually not bad. So I can actually look and see what I want to do. I'd rather go to Tampa. It's a lot easier to drive. It's not on I-4 and the highway can get really backed up. So that's normally what I'll do. And I think I explained that where I get parking at, at Tampa and then I go up to Newark where I'm based right now and, uh, and then get to work. So there's, a, there's an example. There's another good example too that is a hybrid of driving or flying. And that's when I was based in Fort Lauderdale. And there are flights from Tampa to Fort Lauderdale or from Orlando to Fort Lauderdale. And depending on the day and when I was going to work, it would work out that it would take me less time to drive than to fly. So if you're within 100 to 300 miles of an airport, a lot of times people wind up driving to work. So, so that's kind of part of that commuting is you have that option of flying or you can drive because... A lot of times when you're flying, you're going on, say, a, a regional carrier, a turboprop. In my case, I had the choice between a, a smaller turboprop carrier or a, a major airline to get over there. Uh, so that you have to look at also during the seasons. It might be real busy between those routes. So again, if I didn't want to, i just jump in the car. Three and a half hours, I'm at work. The cool thing about driving to work, and this is uh, one of the things that I really want to stress is that you you can't get canceled right and uh, you can't get refused a seat in your own car so that's the big bonus of either living in base or being able to drive to work so again that's the reason a lot of people will drive that far oh and i forgot to mention one other thing the other modes of transportation there's other ways to get to work by ferry uh, by train by helicopter and people do all those that was the other parts that i wanted to kind of mention is that you know, I have friends that use helicopters to get to work because in New York, you can actually jump seat on helicopters. Another one is trains. Uh, we're able as airline pilots to jump seat on, on a train, on Amtrak, and on certain other cargo trains. Uh, you can also uh, do your commute by ferry, if you, you know, a boat ferry. I did those kind of commutes for a little while. And obviously, I did that when I was in the islands. So that's another big part of this commuting is looking at the different modes of transportation. And you never know what kind of uh, partnerships you might have with those different organizations. So I would you know, very much advise you to look into that. Boy, we covered a lot of stuff here as far as the pros and the cons of commuting. The pros being able to live in paradise, be near your family, not having to move. And you could live even a better lifestyle by living like where I am in central Florida where there's the housing is a lot cheaper than it is in the New York area. The downsides, of course, you you know you you lose a lot of time while you're commuting. Uh, you might miss work. You may have to you know use alternate plans to get to work. You have expenses on the other side, crash pads, hotels, that type of thing, and and there's a risk of you missing work. Uh, that's a big thing. I mean, there's a real big risk of you missing missing work. So. Uh, that that's some of the, the pros and the cons. If you have other pros and cons you want me to mention, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com or click on our contact page. I really appreciate your feedback on this one. If you know people that commute, I'd love to hear some of their commutes to work. Uh, the one that I didn't really mention was uh, from Europe. I do know people go from Europe to the U.S. and they commute in other countries too. Uh, that's a lot like doing a transcon uh, that, you know, your flights are longer. So if there's an issue, if a flight cancels, there may not be as many other flights from those cities, something to research. Plus, like if we saw during the pandemic, you may not be able to get out of the country if there's something going on politically or some other, you know, there's a pandemic, et cetera. So be careful there. Hopefully this has been helpful. And uh, hopefully you've gotten a lot of uh, information as far as what it's like to commute. I threw a lot of stuff out there. I've done a lot of different types of commuting. Uh, it can be a wonderful thing uh, because you get to live at home and, and then you know have your paradise at home if that's what it is that you have. 
Or if you want, live in base or get two places. There's another option. Uh, I've seen that happen where people buy a condo in their base or a home and then also have a home uh, wherever they live, if that's what you want to do. Be careful about that. Make sure that the, the numbers work. But please send me some information about the commutes that you've heard about. I'd love to hear that. And if you want to be a guest on the show and you have an inspirational story or you have a product or service that you think might help the people that are listening here, go to the side of the screen on the right and click on Be a Guest on the Show. And don't forget that if you want one of those free scholarships guides, go to avshakurspodcast.com slash scholarships. Use the coupon code Pay It Forward. If you want to help those people, get one of those scholarships guides. Just click on Pay It Forward. And there's a whole bunch of information out there, a video on how you can help. Every dollar we raise through that Pay It Forward program goes to giving away scholarships guides. Oh, and oh yeah, and if you want to advertise, uh, we ask you to give away at least 50 scholarships guides. And what we do is we keep advertising your product or service until we give away all those scholarships guides. Well, folks, I really appreciate your listening to me today. But, but most importantly, I've talked all about a lot of stuff here. I've went over a whole bunch of things here. Uh, what I'd like you to do is, is go out there and take a look at where you are and some of my resources and look at where the bases are for those airlines and start envisioning what it's like for you to commute from where you live or where you want to live to your base. Or look at the airlines and their bases and see, is one of those bases a place that you might want to live? Or spread out 100 to 300 miles and see, is there one of those bases that's within 100 to 300 miles of somewhere that maybe you would live and drive to work because you really enjoy living in that spot? But most importantly, don't stop here. I want you to do something. I want you to do something today to move forward in your career. Take one step today. But might be writing something down. It might be trying to remember uh, that you need to take your exam. It might be just looking at another video about how to commute to work. It may also just be thinking about your next career choice. And that could be it right there, is just thinking about what is the next thing I'm going to do in my career. But most importantly, do something today to move forward in your life, in your career. We'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying out there. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research.